Welcome to the True Face Podcast, where we discuss principles that help us live beyond the mask. My name is Robbie Engel. I'm the president of True Face, and we equip people to experience trust in their relationships with God and others. The True Face Podcast is here to help you guys experience and apply grace into your lives. And and our hope is that this is practical and helpful in applying these this grace and this truth so that we can live beyond the mask. Uh, and so every other week, we're going to share stories, uh, discuss principles, and apply it to our lives. Uh, a lot of times those stories will be personal, and sometimes they're going to be stories from other people or found in, in, in the Bible. And today, I am super excited. I, I want to jump in because we have someone who is not a stranger to this podcast. He has a whole lot more reps than I do in this. He is a friend, <laughs> a mentor, the one and only welcome to the new True Face podcast, John Lynch. How are you, bud? Oh man, Robbie, I am so honored. This is great stuff. It, it, are oh, are you going to give us a rating at the end of this and say old versus new? Which one's better, from your opinion? Or no, no, no. Is no. that is that how? <laughs> <No>. the... <laughs> we had some great, great ones, and then there were some that. Only a mother could listen to it. Yeah, they were. So. I love it, man. I've been listening to this thing for years, and uh, uh, it, it's pretty wild to have this new iteration, new season to go. Hey, what, what, what? You know, we've heard from people and part of the movement of True Face of some ideas, and this is where we landed. You guys gave us some feedback, right. so we hope it's we hope it's good. If not, just let us know. We'll mix it up again. The, John, yeah, this is the best. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thanks, John. How long have we? When did we first meet? We've been friends for what seven, eight years. It feels yeah, like, yeah, I, I think so. I had, I have no idea. You said we met at North Point. I that could be true. I, I have no memory of that. That that but I just. That, that was the first. I think you spoke at the first ever man night uh, at North Point right. Church That's in Alpharetta. Right. That was I was leading the men's team, and I was like, "Let's do a night for men to come together." And uh, I, I was leading some oh, men's that groups. Was great! You served bacon at the front door. You had your truck, your smoke truck. That, oh, yeah. that was a great. You had a bull. We rode a bull. <laughs> that was awesome. You <laughs> killed it. That was so much fun. Oh, um, so a thousand fun. men and bacon and sports cars and bull riding and John Lynch. Yeah, it was uh, the whole package. And Jeremy, Jeremy, <laughs> and was Jeremy, there. Yeah. Jeremy, I felt yeah. was there. We remember Swearing that one. At the people, that was great. Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, John, you uh, you have been part of True Face for how long now? Well, uh, overall, gosh, years and years. I mean, most of the time, I was I was preaching as a pastor at Open Door Fellowship. Uh, but still writing for True Face all along, all the way back to the original True Face, and then Bose Cafe, and then The Cure, and uh, Worst Day, and The Devotion, the parenting book, all that time uh, writing and speaking with True Face, but probably only uh, full-time uh, the, the last 11 years. It, it, yeah, that was blurry, though. Between Open Door Fellowship Days and full-time, oh, yeah. you've always oh, been. Yeah. the. It, it, and for right. those of you that don't know, I became friends with Caleb Lynch, John, one of John's yep. kids, and he is now uh, the the pastor at Open Door Fellowship, which is just a wild, small world. Um, following in uh, his dad's footsteps, he, 
Oh, and he's just killing it. Oh. He's just, I don't know who he is. Who, I don't know. I, I go, I raised you. I, you're, you don't sound like this normally. So I mean, he's I, really, he's, yeah. I'm never going to say it like in public, but he, that he might have more potential than his dad or that there's a very yeah. high likelihood of it. I mean, I would <laughs> tell him that, um, but I wouldn't, no, you know. There's no, yeah. It's that, not like he doesn't have access to this, right? It's not like he won't. He, nah, he won't listen this. to this. It, that, uh, that guy is amazing. Yeah. Um, as a testimony to you and Stacy. So, John, we could talk all day, but we should jump in, man. Uh, I, I want to. Yeah. I'm excited to hear the story uh, that you want to share with us today. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things that we. Uh, we're describing to talk about is shame Hmm. and, and shame's talked about a lot, but what I want to do today is, and just interrupt me at any point where you, you want to ask anything. I kind of want to go all the way back to the first biblical picture of when the DNA got messed up uh, all the way back to the garden. Come on. And then I want to, I want to kind of map it out of what does that look like? How does that play out still in me now, a believer in Jesus who can still play out of that shame. And then I want to talk about what breaks that, what breaks that pattern and how can I get off that train? So, Love it. um, I, I hope I hope that let me let me just even start in reading. I mean, if anyone's reading along, you're you're in Genesis chapter three. And it just starts out in chapter three, verse six, when it says that she took from its fruit and ate it and gave it to her husband with her. And he ate it. And then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked. Uh, interesting statement that before that, the mm. word just carries the idea of being without clothing. And now suddenly it will have this nefarious, ugly, estranged meaning. Here, Here's the first place where you see shame. Mm. Uh, they, they, they were naked. They knew something was wrong. Something was very wrong with them. And so they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. The, as Bill Thrall says, the first act of sin management in Scripture. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and the wife hid themselves. And that's so interesting. You know what you've done to manage your sin isn't working when you're still hiding. And they are hiding from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees in the garden. And so the Lord calls out to the man. He says, he says, where are you? And he said, well, um, such powerful words here. I heard the sound of you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. Mm. Those words, I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. They tell the whole story, don't they? I was saying, why is he, why is he first of all, why is he afraid? And, and, and there's a couple thoughts I had. One, he's not sure what God's going to do now. He's never been here with God before. This is This whole relationship with God still relatively new, and he, he just says, I I know what just happened, and I don't know how you'll respond to me. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know if you're going to punish me. I don't know if we're going to be estranged, if it's going to be different between us. I'm terrified of what's going to happen next because it's the first time I've seen you since then. And secondly, I think Adam's afraid because he's not sure 
now that this has happened, that there's a solution for him. Mm. Like he just tried the fig leaves. He's just trying, and he's still hiding. He's scrambling. It's freaking him out. So, so the, that sense of, I don't know that I, I know a way out of this thing. And I'm now he, his sin has caused, uh, and this is maybe the saddest to me, has caused his innocent innocence to be replaced by shame. And that is so tragic. They're in the garden. These two young people loving their lives, they are truly innocent. And now his sin has caused what I call this innocent innocence to be replaced by shame. This this shame is that sense of just that, this nakedness, mm. that 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 it describes this nefarious, alienating experience and condition of life. Now, we've said it before, but guilt says I've done something wrong, but this shame is something altogether different. Mm. It's some something, it says something's uniquely, irreparably wrong about my very person. And no matter what I do and how many conferences I go to, no matter what I read, no matter how much... I'll never get away from it. I know it, and I think that you know it, and I think that God knows it, and I think that God endures me. He'll put his arm around me, but he's a little embarrassed too. And so there's that that horrible experience that gets replicated then by more and more behavior that is motivated by more shame. So I, I said... Robbie, I said it describes a lot of us. If I move that out of that biblical scene and just now transform that, here I am, a Christian, still carrying the DNA. And I, I, there is a beautiful solution. But along the way, this describes a lot of us. Mm. We do something that violates who we believe we are. And we don't know what to do with what we've done. Then we think, uh, okay, I can fix it somehow, like like Adam. I, I can make it go away. I can put some fig leaves over this. And it doesn't work, so we hide and pretend and bluff. Mm. And then this makes us afraid because we're not sure what God's going to do. Yep. And it makes us afraid because we're not sure that we can be solved. And now we feel naked and our innocence feels polluted and all of this creates this shame story in me now. I start to, from very young now, start to build this story that that ends with there's something fundamentally wrong with me. And it speaks to my heart. I start to be able to hear these messages in my own heart, especially when I've got too much time to think. So I can't stay here that long because it's too embarrassing. It's too painful. And just like Adam and Eve in verses 12 and 13 back in that chapter, I have to blame somebody else for it because hmm. I, I can't live with the guilt of my shame. Yep. So uh, I keep going and I try to move past this shame. And this describes a lot of us men. I try to prove to myself that I'm enough. I do more, I try harder, I block things out, <sighs> and I find that I've been wearing a mask, 
a real tightly affixed mask. Mm. And I'm so exhausted hiding the real me. So there I am. There's, there's, there's so many of us described out of that Adam and Eve story right in that bizarre pattern that uh, can, for some of us, can exist for moments at a time. For some of us, we've been in that pattern for decade after decade after decade, and our children and our wives and our friends and our husbands have had to experience that about us. They love us, but they can see that that's true about us, that we're living out of our shame. And and all of us... Yeah, go ahead. All, all of us, we can't... It, it, this is a complete universal um, struggle where all of us have shame. And I, I think to six months ago, um, I got a bunch of little kids and one of my older kids, you know, it's the innocence you talked about of the nakedness of, which yes. I got a lot of yes. little kids naked running around. And the, the <laughs> they, innocence and they have of no that, idea yet. Yeah. That's, right. that's and, right. And about six months ago, one of my older kids, for no particular reason, pointed out a younger kid and was like ha ha he's naked and the sh- the and, and he went in a closet and he was crying um and he wow. you know wow. put his clothes wow. on and and just the anger i felt at that and knowing that i've been carrying that same whatever he was feeling which is just innate in all of us um that's right what why and 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 everybody can remember something like that of a moment where we got called out in that and it just humiliated us yeah what do we do with that if if we all have it yeah it it is crushing for me to say to you that i think um i didn't have an answer to this for a long time in my faith Hmm. as a believer that that i I truly just tried to man up and and thought I can get past this. I, I uh, somehow, but I saw myself. Uh, I saw God kind of disgusted with me that after all this time, John, you have not been able to figure this out, and I realize there's nothing to figure it out. There are only realities that have been done for me that I'm going to have to believe and rest in and trust. So when it says in Hebrews 12, 2, uh, I must fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross and despised within that whatever happened to my shame, it got it got all folded in with the cross and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God saying, it's done. So I have to ask what got accomplished at the cross. Hmm. What, what, and then I have to say, can I believe that that's true for me? So Galatians two 20 says, I've been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live that guy with that shame story. He died but Christ lives in me now and the life, which I now live in the flesh. So I still have skin. I still know the music that I like. I still enjoy the same foods, but the new life that I have now is an entirely different creature. It's not this 
old person by himself, defined by his shame. But I now live by faith, trusting the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, he who made, he made him, he God made him Jesus, who had never known any sin, to be sin on my behalf so that I would get to be in that moment in time that I put my hope in him, the righteousness of God in him. That, that John Lynch gets to believe that I'm actually righteous because of what Jesus did on the cross. And I no longer am that person that I described myself as. So, so the result of that is Romans 8.1, therefore now, there's just never any condemnation for any of us who are in Christ Jesus. So, so, so here's what I get to trust now. I, I get mm. to trust this, that, that, that this is what breaks the power of shame, that the cross, what, whatever Jesus did on that day on the cross, my shame story entered into it. And now when I believe, I am no longer defined by that story anymore. Nobody in heaven understands it or hears it i'm and i got instead i got it replaced by this brand new creature this one who is named christ in me christ in john lynch christ in robbie Mm. and so nobody in heaven can remember any of it and even if even if stuff was back 40 years ago every single time i put my weight and say I'm going to dare believe that's true. The power of the remaining vestiges of the lie, they get overpowered. Mm. And so that's that's the only way is putting my hope in that being true that I've been able to deal with any of my shame. Wow. So I'm going to process out loud what I'm thinking right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, John, these truths are sitting pretty heavy with me right now, I, and I'm, I'm wrestling. You talked about the masks, which all of us are going to wear yeah. because we feel like we're, we know something's wrong with us. So fig leaves yes. and masks and um, the, for, the boardroom, the bedroom, the billfold, the ball field. We chase all these things to try to, yep. to feel valid, valuable, that there's not something wrong with us by, over, by wearing that mask. That's right. That conversation. Yeah. Then I became a Christian, and for a lot of my Christian life, I knew these truths, but I didn't know these truths, and shame was still That's there. Right. So I, I don't, I, I wrestle with, I know the power of the, these truths and these principles, but I feel like even in my own life, and so many believers, don't know these truths. They know them in their head, but don't experience these truths. That's right. And That's right. even uh, it, it was just a, a, in a season a little while ago that I really started grasping the significance of what you just said in Galatians 2.20 and Rose, Romans 8, that there's no condemnation, that that, that I'm a new yes. creation. But I've, I'm feeling shame right now because I've gone to a deeper level of awareness that it's Christ in me and not Robbie and not my shame. And he has overcome my shame. But the fact that I still carry shame now makes me feel shame that I don't fully believe these truths that I really do believe now. Well, well, you're saying you're speaking for so many people, Robbie. One on first on the level of 
you know what, I may have assented to these truths, but I'm not sure that I've believed them till recently. And some people are listening right now saying, wait, 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 I've never gotten this before. This is yeah. brand new. Yeah. You, wait, 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 hold on. I've just, I've just man up. And, and you're saying that there's power, literal, actual, supernatural power in me trusting that I'm not my shame story and I'm not seen that way. And I'm seen as Christ in John Lynch on my worst day. And I'm supposed to live out of that and dare to believe it. That's right. Yeah. And yeah, even and, in the totality and, of that belief, even though I've, I've crossed the threshold, which has changed my understanding of God and my view of myself, I still yesterday was struggling with feeling well, and, like I'm not and, enough. And that's a, that's the second part of that is you are right on time. Hmm. Uh, it, it There is a lag time of these, it, it just doesn't snap into place all of a sudden, all the time. It, for the rest of my days, I will still have this flesh in me that is trying to bark out at me. Hey, John, hey, John, hey, John, you're not enough. What's wrong with you? It will always be there. But the answer now has changed. What wow. I give back now is not, uh, um, uh, I think I'm enough. I think I'm enough. I think uh, I'm going to try to be enough. You've got an answer that says, I know who I am. And Christ says, John, I will put a robe of righteousness around you. You are actually righteous. You're actually holy. And you don't have to listen to that crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there, there's some issues that you're going to fail in. But mm -hmm. the beauty the beauty to be able to say I'm right on time and just the fact that I felt shame again today is not proof that I have not believed these things. Amen. And I, I, so, so the beauty to get to say, father, it's the same road home. I'm feeling shame again today. All right. What do I do? I stop again and I say, I'm a new creature. I'm not defined by the shame story. It got me for a little bit, but now it gets to stop. Jesus, you are wonderfully, incredibly delighted with me. You live in me. There's no condemnation of me. You're crazy about me. And you are convincing my heart of this new way of seeing. So I just get to rest and just say to the flesh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. As I have been encouraged today, I hope you receive these truths as reminders from friends as we have this opportunity to do this. And we hope that you have a fresh reminder today through fellowship with us, even if it's over a podcast, that you are right on time and that, yeah. and that regardless of where we are on the spectrum, um, these truths are the most freeing experiences of, of of receiving God's love to replace our shame that we get to renew and refresh and believe on a daily basis, which is pretty amazing. And uh, that's, right. that's why, John, I love you. As a friend, I am so thankful for you jumping on here today. And I'm excited uh, for the next one. We're going we're gonna, to uh, dig deeper yeah. into this topic on the next one. Um, you guys like, subscribe, share this with your friends. We are so thankful for y'all and, and thankful that you are part of this True Face team. And what we hope 
is happening throughout the country and throughout the world and taking this message of grace and applying it into our lives like we were able to do today. Thanks, John. Thank you, y'all. So, so proud to be part of this with you. All right. See you guys.